Well, are you ready to hear the word? A very special treat. Chris Willis joined our congregation when he was in the sixth grade, and he started a christen club at school, and the thing grew to over 90 students. Once a week during lunch, kids would go to this room to hear him teach the Word of God. And so Chris is a communicator. He's a member of the school board, a Granbury graduate, and a student at Weatherford College. And during this COVID shutdown thing, he kind of came into his own by helping us edit our video presentations. And uh, yeah, so good. And so we hired him part-time, and now we're increasing his hours and even giving him a title. Yeah, yeah. So he is, he is ministry assistant, really a ministries assistant. He'll be assisting the different ministries in the church with their online needs. So ministry assistant slash online coordinator. So he's going to help bring us into the 21st century. So Chris Willis, come right on. He's also a newlywed. His lovely wife, Emily, is here today. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Come right on, brother. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Good. It is so good to see you all this morning. Welcome here. You know, it's been very tough going through COVID and dealing with everything that's been going on, but you know, God is still good, is he not? So, you know, I had a couple of things I wanted to start with by saying, but before I do that, I want to explain to you something. Pastor Allen said I started a, a Christian club in the sixth grade, who well, he said Christian for a reason. Because if you know me, you know I'm a terrible speller. And I wore this sign on my shirt. And um, I wanted a sponsor for my club until I had to find a teacher at school. And so I wore this, and I looked back a couple years ago, and I realized I spelled Christian wrong. I spelled Christian wrong, and I wanted to start a Christian club. But you know what? That just goes to show you don't have to be brilliant to follow Christ. Okay, you don't have to be a genius to follow Christ and to share his gospel. So that was a really cool takeaway that I took from this. So I'm going to go ahead and start with you guys today. I've got my fancy little iPad with me. Um, and so I kind of want to tell you guys a little bit about me. Pastor Allen did a good job covering it. But in case you still do not know, my name is Chris Willis. Um, I've been going here to Generations for about nine years now, and I've enjoyed every moment of it. You know, God has been faithful, he has been good, um, and he has done amazing things to this church. And so those of you who have been here since I've been here, thank you for ministering to me, and thank you for being part of my life. Um, so I do want to point out my beautiful wife, Emily. We got married back on April 17th, and yes, please. I'm excited because I finally found a girl that liked me. So it was very, very big for me. You know, I found out she liked me. And I was like, okay, I love you. Let's, let's go on with our life because there's never going to be another girl like this again. Um, a little side note I wanted to add is I wanted to share this with you guys. Behind every great pastor is, in my opinion, a great female pastor. A lot of the good points you're going to hear today are going to be because she was like, Chris, put those in to tell the people the truth. Uh, so thank you, Emily, for your help with writing my sermon. So like Pastor Allen was saying, I am a graduate of Greenberry High School, and I now go to Weatherford College. And let me just start out with saying that I love Weatherford College. Oh, and I'll get to that photo in just a minute. Uh, thank you. You don't have to leave it up right now, but um, I go to Weatherford College, and I absolutely love it. You know, during high school, there were a lot of kids 
who said, community college is those for those who don't care. Community college is those who don't uh, want to do anything in life and you just go to get a degree. Well, I think the exact opposite. You know, I grew up, my family never had a ton of money, but I wanted to go to school. I strived for a degree. And so you know what? Weatherford College is where I'm at right now because it is affordable. And, and guys, let me tell you, the professors there are so willing to work with you on a university level. They may be a community college, but they give you that university feeling and education. And I can't rave enough about Weatherford College. So if any of you ever have kids who want to start out and go to Weatherford College, I encourage you, send them there. Let them be a blessing there. Um, but speaking of college, moving forward is, a lot of you know this, I would love to be a pastor one day. I would love more than anything if that's where God leads me. And so my goal is to actually go to seminary school. Well, the thing that I've really learned that Pastor Don was talking about, about being a pastor, is you have to have very good communication skills, right? Like I say, amen, and you guys say, amen. Okay, so you have to have good communication skills. And I've learned during life that I have, I would say, I have very good communication skills until it comes to talking to girls I like, which would be my wife now. And so I want to kind of start back at the beginning of whenever we first met, and, uh, and then we'll get to the word today. Um, we met back in the city park here in Granbury, and I was actually leading worship. Um, one morning, I was leading worship out there for about three hours, and she happened to walk by near the end of my worship set. And she was actually across the park at the time, and the way I like to tell the story, she heard an angelic voice in the distance. <laughs> and I was actually singing this song, Oh, Come to the Altar. So if you, if you hear the song a lot and you're like, man, Chris, this is so repetitive, I love doing it because I get to worship God, and Emily loves to hear it too. And if you're married, you know you want to make your wife happy. And so whatever songs Emily would like to do at worship, if you want to do Oh, Come to the Altar, well, I would love to do Oh, Come to the Altar, but I'll try not to do it too much. So anyway, she walks by, she sees me, and she goes, he's playing music, I don't want to bother him, I'll do another lap around the park, right? And if he happens to be there, I will go talk to him. Well, guys, I'm very slow, like extremely slow, but I try to do my best in life, I really do. So my set ends, I'm packing everything up, she happens to walk by again, she sees, man, he's still here. So she decides to walk up and come talk to me. She introduces herself. She says, hi, I'm Emily. I go, hi, I'm Chris. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, there's a girl talking to you. Do not mess this up, right? Um, and so we just continue talking. She says, hey, I want you to know I really think you did a fantastic job today, just ministering and, and singing, and I really enjoyed it. And actually, I'm, and she said, I'm wanting to start a young adult's ministry here in Granbury. And she's like, I'm needing someone to lead worship for it. She's like, would you be interested in doing that? And I was like, yes. I mean, I would love to, not just because you're a girl, but because ministry. <laughs> so, and if you guys know me, I'm very awkward, um, just very. Um, and so anyways, we continue talking. She gives me her number, um, and I give her my number so we can talk back and forth about ministry and, and what we want to see happen. Well, we end up leaving, and I remember I thought about her for about a day or so after that, thinking, well, that was very cool. I hope to hear from her. I sent her a message hey, this is Chris Willis. She said, hey, this is Emily. Um, and then nothing happened. I didn't think about her again. <laughs> um, and I know that sounds terrible to say, but I didn't. About a month passed, and um, Yvette has a young adult's ministry that meets inside of our house that a lot of us youth go to that are outside of um, high school, we're in college, in career age, so we go and we hang out there. 
And I remember Yvette had invited me last year to come to it, and I was thinking, yeah, I want to come to it. And I hadn't thought about Emily for over a month, and all of a sudden, I, it has to have been the Lord, but um, I heard, invite the girl from the park to the young adults ministry. I didn't even remember her name, guys. I just remembered she was the girl from the park. So I was like, oh, man. So I scrolled through my messages from a month, and I found her name, and I was like, okay, this is going to be awkward, but I'll invite her anyways. So I send her a message, and I go, hey, would you be interested in coming to our young adults group? She said, yes, I would love to. We end up talking for a couple of days, getting to know each other through messages, and then we show up to the young adults group together. And guys, let me tell you, it was a great night. Um, we got to hang out, spend some time together, fellowship, get to know each other, get to hang out with all the other awesome young adults that were there. Um, and it was very good. And this is kind of embarrassing, but this is what this picture has to do with. Um, there was, we were getting ready. We were, we were done with dinner and everything. Everything was going great. And I said, you know what? I really want to take a photo with her. Sorry, guys, I have a very dry mouth. Um, I said, I really want to take a photo with her. So... I was too nervous to ask her to directly take a photo with me. So what do I do? I ask every single person who was there to take a photo with me. And I go, who wants to take a photo with me, guys? And so I take a photo with everyone. Then I finally get to her. And I'm like, hey, I've taken a photo with everyone else. This is just a normal thing. Do you want to take a photo with me? Uh, <laughs> so, it's, so this is the photo that we actually took together. <laughs> yes. And so this was our first photo together. And we enjoyed it very much. It was a great time, so you can go ahead and take that off the screen now. I'm so embarrassed looking at that. <laughs> um, so moving forward, the night was great, and uh, we get to the end of the night. It's about 11 o'clock at night, and she says, well, I'm ready to go, and I'm like, okay, in my mind, and then there goes my communication skills again, and I go, oh, okay, have a good night, <laughs> and I'm just sitting on the couch talking to my future wife, had no clue, and I'm like, okay, have a good night, uh, like, what was I thinking? And so Yvette glares at me, and she goes, shouldn't you walk her to the door or out to the car, out to her car? And I was like, and this is what I said. It gets even worse. And I go, uh, you know, I'm ready to go anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm blowing the one chance that I had. Uh, and so I get up. I get all my things, and we go to leave. We walk outside. I tell her good night. She leaves. But as she's walking away, Yvette says, Chris, don't screw this up. Thank you, Yvette. But hey, you know what? It's actually very cool, though, because Emily overheard that, and she immediately thought, oh, I think he likes me, which I didn't even know I liked her this time, guys. <laughs> I didn't even know. And so I end up getting home, and I feel bad, convicted, whatever you want to call it. And so I think, well, I'm going to text her, and I'm just going to apologize to her. So I text her and I say, hey, sorry for, for being a jerk and not walking you out properly and everything. She's like, oh, it's okay. Do you want to know how you can make it up to me? I'm like, how's that? She's like, go with me to get hot chocolate and coffee. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, okay, I'm down. So, and let me tell you guys, this was the first like real relationship I've ever had before. You know, I, I liked people in school and stuff like that, but it just, it, I never really had a real dating relationship. And so she was the first girl that I ever had a real relationship with in general. Um, so we ended up going on this date and we weren't dating yet, of course. Um, we still got to know each other a lot, but we ended up going out on this date, and we were on the square hanging out and everything, having a good time, just talking to each other. And we're walking around the square. It's cold, so we're wearing jackets, have our hot chocolate. And, and I'm going to illustrate this for you. So we're just walking, right, and we're having a great time talking. And she looks at me, and she, she laughs, and she goes, Ha-ha, you must really like me. And this is when you think. I would look at her now and go, Yes, I really like you. 
No, this is what I do. That, that's exactly what, I didn't say a thing. She said, you must really like me. And I just <laughs> kept walking, guys. And eventually I started up some awkward conversation after that. And I was like, oh, what the heck? So we ended up sitting down. About 10 minutes later, I look at her and I go, you know what? I do actually really like you. And I mean, look where we are today, guys. So it worked out. She gave me the opportunity and she loved me. <laughs> so I love you. You're awesome. Um, my life partner and my co-pastor. So thank you for all that you do. So lucky for you guys, though, I don't want to talk about uh, that kind of talent when it comes to my communication skills. I want to talk about a different kind of talent, one that Jesus talks about in the Bible. Um, and this one, this, what, this talent that he talks about is actually mentioned in Matthew 25. And so if you guys have your Bible, I want you to go ahead and turn to Matthew 25 with me, verse 14. And if you don't, we have it up on our screen. I like to call it the Skybel, the Sky Bible. So if you don't have it, look at the Skybel. And that's okay. The Lord is okay with the Skybel. <laughs> um, and so we're going to be starting by looking at Matthew 25, verse, verse 14 again. And let me kind of explain to you where the story is at before we dive into the text. So we are in the middle of a very long speech that Jesus is giving to his disciples right before his crucifixion and his resurrection. Um, he's explaining to them a little bit about what life will be like um, as his disciples once he is gone. So he explains that he is here now, but he won't physically be here then. Uh, so physically, he'll still be here as a spirit, but not physically. Um, but he will be back in the second coming to rescue them. But in the meantime, um, it's, it's long to be a very long wait between the first and the second coming. So, I mean, we're still in the middle of waiting for the second coming to happen, guys. So, I mean, it's, it's been a very long time, if you ask me. And so Jesus talks to them, and he pretty much says, in the meantime, before the second coming, you should not be an idle person. Um, you should not be someone who just sits there and waits for his return. That's the last thing we want to do as Christians. Um, and we should be busy doing the work the, that the Father has given us to do. So and this is what Jesus talks about in this parable. So I'm going to read it to you, and let's start at Matthew 25, verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted them um, his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability, then went on his way. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them. He had made five talents more. So also he had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid the master's money. Now after a long time, the master, who had, um, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And so he also had the two, and so, so also he who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received one talent came forward saying, Master, 
I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered, scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered to him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I had reaped where I had not sown and gathered where um, I had not scattered seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers. And at my coming, I should have received uh, what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For everyone who has, more be given. And he, and he will have the abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in this place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, this is easily one of the more commonly known parables that Jesus taught. And I feel that it's so commonly known because of the message Jesus was trying to portray to us. But you see, sometimes I feel that as people, we misunderstood what Jesus really meant. So talent to us is to have an ability or a skill or something that we're really good at, correct? You know, if you're really good at singing, really good at bowling, you know, those people who are really good at that, I am not, um, then that's what we would consider a talent, but um, he kind of meant something else by it. So the word talent in Greek actually means something else. It actually means a unit of measurement, kind of like to explain how, how much something weighed or the weight of currency, right? And so one talent at that time would have equaled about 10,000 denarii, and one denarii was about a day's wage. So guys, this was a lot of money. So it's like you were working 10,000 days pretty much. Um, and so during this time, people heard this, and they didn't think of it as a gift or a skill level that someone had. Um, but I want you to look back at verse 15 with me. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. You see, it doesn't say that he gave them each abilities. It says that he gave them each talents based on their abilities. So if the word talent meant abilities, it would mean that Jesus or the master is giving them abilities based on their abilities. See, that doesn't make sense. So, in my opinion, it has to be referring to, to the currency and to these denarii. Um, so now oftentimes when I read the Bible, I come across things that I would say is Jesus using a metaphor. Would you guys agree? Uh, Jesus relates something to something else, basically. And so in the text, it is described as money. But in reality, when we're looking at this, I see it as responsibilities and opportunities that God puts in our lives. So this is what we're supposed to be doing. These are the talents. It's the opportunities and responsibilities that God has given us. Well, that's what this is, guys. Jesus is literally talking to his disciples about the opportunities that they will have to share his gospel and to reach others until he returns. Now, he's not just talking about our responsibilities in the church. You know, it's great that uh, we want to hold the doors. We want to um, serve in kids' church. We want to play on the worship team. All of those things are great. And thank you for serving. Thank you for your hearts and being willing to serve others. But what I definitely think he is talking about as well as that is he's referring to our jobs. You know, the jobs that we go to every day. And uh, now he, he's not just talking about the responsibility in the church. He's talking about our jobs. And wherever we work and whatever we do, there's a, res 
the specific responsibility that God has given us at this time. So whatever you're doing in this moment today, if you work at a bank, if you're a banker, God has put you there to be over these accounts, to help people, to make sure their finances are in order, correct? Um, And so while moving on, what I believe he is trying to say is that we need to be faithful and we need to do everything that we do with 100% because that's where God has put us. Even if you're working at the Chick-fil-A drive through and you're giving out the Lord's chicken like I did a couple of years ago, it's where God has put me. So I'm going to serve that fried chicken with a happy smile because the Lord has put me there to do it. Correct. See, that's what you need to do because God has put you there in that situation. So... um, And so I feel this is really what Jesus was trying to explain to his disciples. And this includes us. This takeaway uh, is, this is the takeaway that we need to take from it. You don't have to believe me. You really don't. Please go fact check me. Look at your Bible. See what the Bible says. You know, I'm just up up here and I'm saying something. It's it's my opinion, what I feel like God has given me. But check your Bible. Check your scripture, guys. I want to encourage you to definitely do that. Um, So while we're waiting for Jesus, we need to be working, faithfully serving. And, you know, many people lately have been saying that God is coming back and uh, we need to expect for him to come back any day now. We need to just wait for him. Well, church, we don't need to just be sitting here waiting for him to return. We need to be getting out there and sharing his gospel with every person that we can, every opportunity that we have. We need to go, God, I'm going to take this opportunity, and I'm going to pray for this person that's on the street, or I'm going to pray for this person that's sitting in the cubicle next to me at work, or God, I'm going to pray for this bus driver. Even if you're not right next to them, God, just extend, even if you're not right next to them, guys, extend your hand out if you're in a car and go, God, I pray for that person Um, that's over there today, and I pray for whatever's going on in their life, that you bless them and you help them. So while we wait for Jesus, we need to work and be faithful and have love for our king. I'll say that one more time. While we wait for Jesus, we need to work and be faithful and also have love for our king. Now, when we are looking at our lives and when we go to work, and, and what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to do whatever our boss asked us to do. That's why we've been hired. We've been hired to further that business and help them. So so if we look back in the text, you can see where the master is giving his servants the talents. And when he returns, he expects it to be to come back more than he had given them. That's what his boss, his servant, or I'm sorry, his boss, his master is expecting in return. And so let's say that, um, so as we can see that he is very pleased with the first two servants that came back with more than, with double the money that he had given them. But when we look at the third servant and he only brings back to the master what he had given them, he gives excuses. And so I want us to look back at verses 24 and 25. And it says, he also who had received one talent came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. Let me just stop right here. Um, If my boss, I guess Alan now, if my boss came to me and he gave me an amount of money and he said, Chris, your job today is I need you to take this money and I need you to figure out how to grow it. Well, the last thing I'm going to do is go buried in the ground. 
That's not following what your boss has asked you to do. I'm obviously going to do everything in my power to try to multiply that money, right? And so um, it's, not even, it's not even close to what the boss had asked for, and so surely I would be fired because of it, just like he was thrown out into the darkness because of it, guys. Um, and I want to look back at, and I want to continue to look at verses 26 and 27 right now. And it says, but his master answered to him, you wicked and slothful servant. Um, and then let's stop here and note that I don't think the master was necessarily agreeing with him more than he was being sarcastic with him in these next verses. And so he says, uh, he, he would have said it some, some, kind of like this. You knew that I reaped where I had not sown, and I gathered where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So what he's saying here is, is he's not agreeing with him at all. He's saying, well, if you knew that I was going to do this, then you surely should have invested my money and not buried it. But the servant thought that what he knew was better than what his master knew at that time. And so he chose to do his own thing, even though it went against his master's wishes. We see Jesus says uh, this kind of thing often, and what he is trying to say is, if you don't have him, you have nothing. And so if you don't follow the order of your master, you don't have the job, you don't have the master. If you don't follow Jesus' commands, and you say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, you, ha- you don't have him. You have nothing until, of course, you come back to him and you say, Lord, I repent. Please forgive me. I want to be in your kingdom with you. And so what is Jesus trying to say in this parable? Why is he saying this to his disciples? Well, his point is that while he is away and we are waiting during this time between the first and second coming, his people should be busy in their lives making the use of the responsibilities given to them during the Father or by the Father during this time. So guys, we need to be going out. Whatever God calls us to do, we need to be going out and we need to do that. We need to serve others. We need to share them the love of God. Correct? And so I want to give you guys another example today in the form of a story. There was a five-star Christian, there was a two-star Christian, and there was a one-star Christian. Correct? And it's logical to ask the question, why was there a difference in the amount of stars that each Christian had? But I think the further that I get into this story, you'll really start to understand the difference in the numbers. So Jesus left these three men with the responsibility to manage his gospel until he had returned. Five-star Christian got to work immediately, and he used the knowledge given to him, and he worked to increase his part of the kingdom that God had entrusted him with. He did what he could to follow God's orders and further that kingdom. Two-star Christian did the same thing as five-star Christian, but the one-star Christian did nothing that God had entrusted to him. After a long time, Jesus returned. He went to five-star Christian and asked, how did you do with my gospel? Well, five-star said, well, Jesus, I did the best I could. I gave it all that I have. You gave me great knowledge and resources, and I shared your love with those in need but especially those who are hurting and not living for you. Five stars shared the gospel with those who are hurting and most definitely not living for him. He went out of his way. Um, I never gave up on them. I also shared your message every opportunity that I had, and there have been many new Christians now. It has been hard work, but it has been the greatest joy of my life serving you, Jesus. 
Well, Jesus smiles at Five Star and he says, Five Star, I am very, very pleased with the work that you have done. Since you have been so faithful as a Five Star Christian, I will now make you a Ten Star Christian. Jesus then went um, to the Two Star Christian and he asked, How did you do with my gospel? Two Star replied, I did the very best that I could, Jesus. I wish I could have been more successful. Um, I took what you'd given me, and I used it to further your kingdom. I met many people who knew nothing about you, so I built a place for them to come and to spend their time. And Jesus, while they were there playing and having a good time, I shared about you. I shared your gospel uh, to them while they were there. And several of them decided to follow you because of it. I didn't reach as many as five star or as many as I'd hoped, but many of them came to know you and you would be so proud of them, Jesus. I shared your love with all of those in need, but especially those who were hurting and not living for you. I never gave up, Jesus. I never gave up. I did the best that I could. We had several issues. We almost ran out of money several times and things were very, very tough. I only hoped <clears throat> that what I had done would be good for you. Well, Jesus takes a second. He looks at two-star Christian. He smiles. And he says, two-star, I am very pleased with the work that you have done. You have done great in my eyes and great in five-star's eyes. And since you have been so faithful as a two-star Christian, I will now make you a four-star Christian. Join 10-star and go do what I have called you to do. He was faithful, and God rewarded him. So with a big smile, Jesus then went to One Star Christian and asked One Star, One Star, how did you do with my gospel? <clears throat> and One Star replied, well, things have been great. I have really, really enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, I have three theological degrees, and you could even call me doctor if you would like, because that's what Jesus wants to do. And I've been really working hard on my devotional life, and this whole Christianity thing works too, you know? <clears throat> um, I know that God loves me, and he wants to bless me. Well, Jesus, I love you so much that I took what you gave me, and I built a beautiful home for you that me and my family live in to serve you. But we built it for you, Jesus, obviously. I really used the abilities that you gave to me to work on my marriage and my family, we work together and so well, and we pray all the time. My kids are in private school um, where they only learn about you, and they can't be influenced by those other people. That's not a diss, those of you who have kids in private school, as long as your hearts are in the right place. As long as your kids are somewhere where they can learn, this is a side note, as long as your kids are somewhere where they can learn, that is good. I am full support of private school, but I am not support in private school if you put your kid in, if you put your kid in private school just so they don't have to deal with with the public school kids who were lesser than them. I'm not okay with that. Um, but I am okay with private school. Just wanted to let you guys know that. Um, so please don't rebuke me. I love you guys. <laughs> um, and so he goes on to say, I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't lie, and I don't associate with anyone who does. And if they do, obviously, Jesus, they don't know you. Um, and, and Jesus looks at him and he says, well, that's nice. I'm glad things are going so well for you. But One Star, how have you shared my gospel? And One Star says, oh, you would like to know how I'm sharing your gospel. Well, Jesus, that's easy. 
Well, number one, Jesus, we have a Christian bumper sticker on our car so people know that we love you. So it's, it's pretty simple. And then he goes on to say, we have pictures of you and scriptures of you all around our house. I mean, your house that we live in to glorify you, of course, Jesus. Um, we keep the radio Christian station on in our car so that way we can always glorify you when we're driving on I-20, of course. Because we don't want to say anything negative or rude when someone cuts us off because you are Lord. And we love you, Jesus. You know, we really enjoy watching conferences too because they help us grow and they help us follow you more. We love to watch them from our, I mean your home, Jesus. So sorry, your home, of course. Because we don't want to go to the conferences. You know, busy lines, long lines for the bathrooms. You know, it's easy to stay home. So it's fine. You know, Jesus, I'm actually very glad that you're back. I wanted to talk to you about how I'm only a one-star Christian, and, you know, considering two-star and five-star Christian, you know, I really just feel like I could do a whole lot more if you would make me a five-star Christian. I'll repeat that one more time. I really feel like I could do or would do a whole lot more if you would make me a five-star Christian. And one-star continues by saying, you know, I mean, Five Star is always gloating about how many people he's reached. And, you know, that's just rude that he brings that up all the time. Talks about all those people that love you now because he talked to them. And, you know, Two Star, he's always dirtying up your gospel. He's taking it to the bad part of town. And he's sharing it with those people who, frankly, don't deserve to know you, Jesus, because they're not perfect like you are. And so, Jesus, I actually want to show you something. Jesus, look, right here, I have your gospel right here in my hand, but I kept it very safe. I hid it in a small safe in my house underneath my bed to where no one could find it. Here, Jesus, it doesn't have a single scratch on it. It's exactly how you gave it to me. Well, Jesus looks at one star and he says, you wicked man, you could have at least left my gospel somewhere where someone could have experienced it. But instead, you hid it from the world, and you did nothing to further my kingdom. Jesus then takes the one star that one star had, and he split it and gave it between the four star and the ten star gospel, or ten star Christians, to go and further his gospel. So the worship team, can you guys go ahead and come back up? You know, I promised you guys I wasn't going to go too long. I like to keep y'all's attention. And, you know, the, the, the better I can preach to you guys and keep, and keep you and not go too long, it's definitely going to help. Um, and so, referring to that, I want to say to you guys that Jesus doesn't want us to be perfect. And he definitely doesn't want us to have all the answers, does he? No. And we don't need to have all the answers. We don't need to be able to spell Christian when wearing a sign to school, to start a Christian club. As long as we have the heart, we have the passion, and we have the mind to follow you and walk by faith. And you know, he's also not interested in the size of his return uh, of our faithfulness. And, and we can see this because if we look at the text, you see that Jesus treated the man with one or with uh, five talents and the man with two talents exactly the same they were faithful with the little things and God blessed them and he gave them more because they were faithful with where they were at guys they were faithful with working in the schools working with disabled children at that time even though it's not what that person wanted to do and that's just an example 
And if they're faithful with that, God is gonna reward you in life. And so guys, I wanna encourage you to be faithful where you are right now. You know, I say all the time, well, God, I wanna be a pastor. Why am I not a pastor yet? I don't really say that, but I say, God, I wanna be a pastor. When can I be a pastor? But you know what I'm doing right now? I'm editing videos. I'm helping build websites. I'm leading worship with the people that I love because that's where God has called me to be right now in life. That's where God has called me to be. And so that's where I'm going to further his kingdom until I get to be a pastor one day. Thank you. And so I wanna talk to you guys today and some of you are probably saying, well, God, why can't I grow? Why can't I do more? Because you keep asking that. Stop asking God to do more with your future and ask God to do more with your life where you are right now. You know, I gave an illustration a long time ago here at this church, probably about two years ago, and I talked about how we all follow this line in life, right? So we all follow this circle right here. And we wanna stay inside of this circle of our schedule. And we don't, as people, and that's, that's our fault as people, we don't wanna step out into the unknown and we don't want to minister to those who we don't know because they could hurt us. They could hurt our lives. They could say something. They could say my piano playing's bad or my singing's terrible or my preaching isn't good enough. They could say that, but you know what? God calls us to step out, out of love and to love those who hate us. So guys, in our lives every day, when, when we go to work, when we go out to dinner, when we go to church, when we go see family, we need to step out of our comfort zone and we need to share the love of Christ. We need to share the love of Christ with all those we are around. And once we truly do that, church, once you truly do that and you've shared his gospel, you've done what God has called you to do and you are faithful in God's timing, you will grow your life. He will double you. He will give you more than you could have ever imagined. You know, I was a sixth grader at Acton Middle School and I moved here from the state of Florida. And most of you don't know this, I hated church. I hated church. I hated people who went to church because I had nothing, I did nothing but have people in my past life in Florida who did nothing but hurt me, who did nothing but shamed my family for not being perfect. And so I came here and I had so much hatred about it. There were two kids who lived across the street from me, Samantha and Dalton. I'll always remember them. And they kept inviting me. Hey, you should go to church with us. You should go to church with us. Well, that church was Generations Church. They went here as youth kids and they served the Lord because that's what they were called to do. And they were stepping out of their comfort zone. And they said, hey, we wanna love you. We want Jesus to love you, come. I said, no, I said no so many times, guys, but because they served the Lord, they didn't stop. They didn't annoy me, they didn't annoy me, but they didn't stop. And so finally I said, you know what? If I go, will you stop? If I go to church, will you stop? And the first time that uh, I got to go to church, I came into this auditorium and it was on a Wednesday night at youth. And there was a young man here, his name is Austin Slayton and his father had passed away the week before in a tragic motorcycle accident. I didn't know anyone here, no one at all. And so I walked in and I was just very uncomfortable. Um, 
I didn't pray or anything at that time. I knew who God was and I believed in him, but I hated church. And so we were sitting there and, and Yvette Lada, who was a youth pastor at the time. Good job, Joseph, you're doing a great job now. Um, Yvette Lada, who was the youth pastor at the time though, she said, hey, does anyone wanna pray for this young man? And all of a sudden I feel in my heart something telling me, pray. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't wanna pray. I don't wanna pray out loud here. I keep hearing, pray, you need to pray. And I didn't actually hear the voice. If anyone's ever told you, you've heard the voice of God. The way that I hear it is I don't actually hear the voice of God. I just feel, it's a feeling in my spirit, in my heart. And now I look at it and I go, you know what? That was God talking to me. He was saying, pray. And finally I go, okay, Chris, at the time I said, okay, Chris, I hear what you're saying, I'll pray. But now I know that it was God talking to me. And so I, I went up and I grabbed a mic, just like, it could have been the one that Amber's using right now. That was probably that exact same one. And I grabbed it and I, and I grabbed it and I just start praying. I just start praying for this man. And he ended up becoming a great friend of mine. Um, and he's since gone on to do some other things, but he's serving the Lord, guys. And so that's where I started. I didn't think I was gonna be here nine, 10 years down the road leading worship preaching on this stage. I didn't think, guys, that I was going to impact my high school and reach thousands of students and have a revival with other students that was only student-led that had over 1,200 kids that came to it and over 300 who received Jesus Christ in a public school auditorium. You know, I had said, there's several people here today who actually helped me pull that off because it was a team effort, guys. It's because we all had a vision that was bigger than us. So I was faithful then. I was faithful as a sixth grader. I was faithful as a seventh grader with the things that I had, guys. Not always. I complain sometimes. I'm not perfect by any means. I messed up so many times along the road. But that's okay because God gives us grace as long as we say, God, I'm still following you. I may have messed up. I may have broken my life. I may have broken my friend's life. God, my life is just torn apart, but I still follow you. So guys, I just want to encourage you guys again one more time today that be faithful where you're at and it's all in God's timing. Share the gospel with who you and with who you can and if we go out there and we all try to impact someone and they impact someone, guys, we're going to change this world one person at a time. So guys, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to give us just to glorify you today. And Father, for, for letting us meet in a public place where we could still praise you and worship your name, Father. All across the world, people can't do that in certain areas, Father. Even in certain parts of America, we cannot do exactly what we're doing right now. So Father, number one, I thank you for letting us do that today. I thank you for the courage you're giving us right now. I thankful for the, I'm thankful and I hope that this word is impacting someone's life right now, Father. I ask, like I always do, that you just send us out into our community, you send us out into the world, and that you let us be a light to whoever we can. Father, I don't ask that we be perfect, but I ask that we be exactly what you call us to be. Father, I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I thank you. Amen. Thank you so much, guys.